0: In the beginning, God gave us life. And he gave us this planet with all its resources and potential. And he gave us each other. And then he gave Abraham a family more numerous than the stars in the sky. And then he gave Israel a land flowing with milk and honey and a law and his presence and his promises. And then he gave the world his son. And Jesus gave food to the hungry and hope to the outsider, freedom to the oppressed, truth to the world. And then Jesus gave his life on the cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says, "And You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Even after all of this, God keeps giving. Now he gives to every Christian his Holy Spirit, his presence and his power, his comfort and his counsel. He gives by his spirit, spiritual gifts. And he gives us his church, the family that we belong to, where we are loved and cared for and nurtured and matured. And he is preparing to give us the renewed creation an eternity of beauty and brilliance, of peace and purpose, of glory and of God with us. These are the defining moments of God's generosity to all of us in history. But the Bible also tells us to, un- to understand everyday moments, every good thing, in fact, as being a gift from God. James chapter 1 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, from the Father of lights. 1 Timothy 6.17 says that God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. God is so generous that He even give, gives gifts to those who don't acknowledge Him, or who are even um, and who are even opposed to Him. Matthew five forty five, Jesus says, "Your Father who is in heaven makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust." If this is what God is like, is it any wonder then that when God's people are being led by him and are being changed by him to become more like him. They are remarkably generous. Now, generosity isn't unique uh, to Christianity. Uh, We've seen that over the last few months uh, all around the world as people have looked to be generous because all of us are made in God's image. All of us uh, have an echo of his heartbeat in our hearts. But there should be something distinct about Christian generosity. And that's what we see in the book of Acts, the story of some of the first Christians, uh, how they lived and what they did. And we're going to hear now uh, Kezia read to us from Acts chapter 4, which gives us one of the summaries of the early church's generosity. Acts 4, verses 32 to 37. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses, sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Today, we're going to end our service by giving money to other Christians in uh, Kenya and Zimbabwe. It is a special moment, and I, want, I really want each of you watching uh, to be a part of it. But what I also want you to understand today is that generosity isn't for the occasional one-off moment. It is part of everyday life when you follow Jesus. Even in these times of economic hardship and uncertainty, Christians are called to be generous. Maybe the reminder of God's generosity that we started with is enough to motivate you uh, or the example of the believers in Acts 4. But I want to spend the rest of our time um, considering the benefits that actually we get when we give. Now, I know that many British people uh, don't like thinking that way. Uh, we think we should be altruistic. We kind of give without expecting anything back. Uh, and OK, that's fine. But actually, Jesus motivated us by promising reward for those who give in the right way. He said in Matthew 6, your father will reward you. And so what I've done today is bring together 14 ways in which uh, giving benefits us. That's right, I'm feeling really generous too. I want to give you loads of points, 14 of them. Um, I really want to overwhelm you with the variety of ways in which God blesses us when we are generous. And I hope that one or two of them will grab your attention. Obviously, there's so many, you're not going to remember all of them, uh, but I hope that one or two of them might just land and you want to explore them some more. Our small group notes that you can get through our website uh, will give you all the references uh, that I make and, and even a few more. So you can dig in there more for yourself. But I just want to today just kind of almost a scattergun approach just to say look, there's loads of ways in which God wants to bless us as we give. Now when we say giving we automatically think about money and that's what we're asking for in today's special offering. But giving also involves our time, our attention, our energy, our emotions, our resources, um, our experience, our wisdom. And, and even at the moment, possibly our households and our, our household bubbles. We, there's all sorts of ways in which we can give. Some of these 14 things I'm going to say will be directly about money. Uh, others will be more generally applicable. Are you ready? OK, let's go. Number one, giving means that you are obeying God. And that's kind of a big deal, isn't it? We want to do that if we're Christians. Jesus said that loving our neighbour near or far was second in importance only to loving God. He also says to us, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Now, like the situation in Acts 4, this was a kind of a needs basis response um, selling. It, was, it wasn't like a one-off liquidation of everything you own the moment you become a Christian. But the expectation is clear. In the Old Testament, God says to his people, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. It's Deuteronomy 15. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend my life disobeying God. So giving means I'm obeying God. Secondly, giving takes us out of ourselves and and into the lives of others. Keeping all the money that we have closes us off from the world around us, but giving it away connects us to others. When Paul wrote to the Philippians who had been generous in, in helping him, he says to them, it was kind of you to share in my trouble. And then he describes them as being in partnership with him. Today, you can partner with people in God's work in a nation that you might not ever even set foot in. And even if in this life you never meet the people who you're giving is going to bless. Um, we also, if you're a Christian, you are going to have an eternity to have these kind of conversations. I really believe that people will come to us uh, in uh, eternity and say, "Hey, I heard about the gospel because you gave money, which helped that church to get planted." Others of them might say, "Yeah, uh, you know, who knows?" They might say, "A thousand generations ago, your money paid for food uh, for my family or sanitation against COVID." COVID. COVID-19 or or provided a job and that enabled my family uh, to, to be cared for and we became Christians and that's gone on generation, generation ever since because of what you gave. I mean, who knows what might happen when we're generous, but good things will happen. Let's watch a short video now in which some people share the kind of things that happen when we are generous. Because of the generosity of others, Kings were able to give loads of Christmas hampers to safe families, which were given to families in need to brighten their Christmases and make what's a really hard time just that little bit easier. We also took an offering at that time, which was then put into Tesco vouchers for safe families, and we saved those to help people throughout the year when they hit crisis point. Little did we know the global pandemic was coming and we've been able to use those vouchers to help families get food in a time that they wouldn't have been able to um, because so many other pressures came in the global pandemic. So thank you for that generosity. Because of someone's generosity, I was able to stay in Edinburgh for a few months uh, at someone's place for free after finishing my studies, um, which gave me a great amount of time to Find a part-time job um, and really get settled into the city um, and then after that it basically opened up a whole range of opportunities for me where i was able to uh, get a new job um, and just connect with people in a bunch of different areas of life and now i'm able to live in edinburgh full-time because of someone's generosity guy and myself were able to serve the lord in peru We didn't receive a salary while we were out there. We lived by faith. So people in this country could send us gifts and we were able to pass on help to those who were less fortunate in Peru. Because of someone else's generosity, me and Kieran have haven't had to worry about our finances. We both work in hospitality and I only worked part-time so we were getting 80% on furlough and it wasn't that much. Um, And any time that we had been worried about money, um, God had put people in our lives who had been generous and um, we have had no problems with our um, finances. Okay, number three, giving grows your faith. If you want to see God at work in your life, giving is one of the most tangible ways in which you can do that. Because God says that when we give, he actually said, the Bible says, don't put God to the test, except once. In Malachi 3, God says, put me to the test. When you give, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. 2 Corinthians 9 says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Jesus says in Luke 6, give and it will be given to you. Now, we don't give in order to get more, but when God miraculously provides for those who give, they are brought into this kind of back and forth dynamic that God wants all of his people to have with him. This, this, this sense of, of us responding to him and then seeing uh, him respond back to us. Giving such a tangible way of making that happen because it's money and you see it and then it's provision and you see it. Um, and, It's been one of my own personal experiences. Giving has been one of the main ways in which my faith has grown because I've just seen God bless me in return again and again. Fourth thing, giving reminds us where everything that we have comes from. Okay, we call money our money. We call time our time. It's not really. It's God's. uh, He's given it to us to use. King Solomon said to God, For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. Giving reminds us of this that it all belongs to God. Number five, giving honours God and acknowledges his rightful place in your life. Jesus was very blunt about this. He says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he makes it very clear, you cannot serve God and money. So make your choice. And giving will really help with that because it simultaneously rejects the mastery of money and increases uh, your sense of God's lordship in your life. Six, I now can't hold up the number and hold the microphone, so you're just going to have to know what the numbers are in your own head. Sixthly, giving is a way we can interact with God. Jesus said that whenever we give food to the hungry, drink to the thirsty, welcome to the stranger, company to the lonely, we do that to him. He is personally involved. He is receiving from us at that moment. Seventhly, giving will help spare you from wasting your life. So many people around us and even in the church are trying to accumulate wealth for themselves. And that is just not God's plan for your life. If you look in the Old Testament, their levels of giving, people always say 10%. It was loads more than that. It was like a quarter of their income was supposed to be given away. And then there were huge redistribution plans uh, in the Old Testament as well. Uh, That happened on a regular basis because it wasn't God's intention for them to become rich. Jesus' example shows us this. I mean, he died with nothing. And Paul's teaching backs this up too. He says in 2 Corinthians 9, you will be enriched in every way. To be generous in every way. So if you are rich in anything, the reason God has given you that is so that you can be generous. That's the purpose of your life. If you think it's just for your own good, you are missing it. Reason number eight, giving makes you part of the solution and not part of the problem. The church in Acts 4 didn't think, oh, if only we had a welfare state that would take care of these people in need. Or, oh, they're suffering, but what about my needs? What about my blood relatives? No, they knew that they were God's means of providing uh, for those in the church who were in need. Again, this is rooted in the Old Testament. God says, if among you, uh, one of your brothers should become poor, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Now, I think this principle of uh, using riches and ability uh, to benefit others, I think that includes wealth creation. I think that includes job creation, all of those kind of things. It's not just kind of handout thing. And it can involve supporting businesses with your trade. And that can be seen uh, as one of the ways or some of the ways in which we are to be generous in every way, as 2 Corinthians 9.11 tells us to. Don't let that become an excuse just to keep going shopping because you want to be generous to you know whatever your favourite shop is. Because, reason number nine, giving is better than receiving. Now, most of us like receiving. We're like, receiving's pretty good. And Jesus says, it is pretty good, but I've got something better. Giving. He says it in Acts 20, verse 35. And he says, uh, it's more blessed to give than receive. And blessed, that word means happy. And actually, there's sociological research to back back this up. The people who give are more happy than those who are trying to get. But we can only really discover this by putting it into practice. So I want to encourage you. Give it a try. See which makes you happier. Reason number 10. Giving helps free you from the trap of money. You want to know what matters to a person? Follow the money. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your treasure keeps going to Amazon or eBay or Primark or John Lewis uh, or Costa or McDonald's or into property or into pensions or into school fees, if it's going to those places and that's where it's all going, that's where your heart's going to end up. Is that where you want your heart to be? Your heart will never find the peace and the joy that it's craving if it ends up in those places, because that's not where it's meant to be. 1 Timothy 6, Paul says, Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pangs." Paul's language here is full of violence because this is deadly. And yet it's so normal in Western culture that we just don't even notice it as it's happening. We don't even notice that it's killing us. Now, Paul and Jesus aren't saying that you should want to be poor because they know how desperately hard that is. But there is a line between not wanting to be poor and wanting to be rich. And it probably isn't where most of us think it is. Reason number 11, giving gives you good answers for when God asks you what you did with your life. This is going to happen to every one of us on judgment day. Romans 14 says, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Each of us will give an account of himself to God. God will ask us what we did with what he gave us, whether it was a lot or a little in our eyes. What do you want to talk with God about on that day? Do you want to talk about clothes and furnishings and gadgets? Or do you want to talk about love and mercy and justice? Now, we've seen that God is abundantly generous. So God's able to give us so that we can give generously to others and to, as we've seen, richly uh, enjoy the things that he's given us. But if, say, we give 10% of ourselves to generosity and 90% of ourselves to selfishness, we are not going to enjoy the moment when God asks us, what did you do with what I gave you? Reason number 12, giving sends riches ahead for eternity. People say you can't take money with you when you die. Absolutely right. The Bible agrees. But Christians believe that we can send it ahead. Matthew 6, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, we don't have the detail on what exactly that treasure is going to be like in eternity, but we are being invited to do some investment basics. Do you want something that has an uncertain return that will last for a few decades max Or do you want something that is guaranteed by God to last and even increase for millions and billions and trillions of years? You're being offered a choice. Please do not be so short-sighted and stupid, biblically speaking, to use what you have to only benefit yourself in this life. Just be crazy. 13. Giving shows the world what you believe. The kind of giving God's calling us to, the scale of it, I hope you're getting a sense of that. It should have a material impact on our circumstances. You should be unable to buy or do all the things that your peers are able to buy and do because you have given away that money or resource or time or energy And so even if your giving is done in secret, as Jesus tells us it mostly should be, people around you will notice it in some way or other. If there are children in your household, they should be in on the secret. You should be talking with them about this. But as I say, everyone should notice it. And then whether they're a cynical colleague or a curious child, they will understand what God really means to you. The genuineness of your faith. And that may make what you tell them about Jesus and how he's changed your life and may make it just that much more believable to them. Final reason, number 14, God loves it when you give. He loves it. If you want to know what pleases God, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves cheerful generosity because it's what he's like. Do you remember how we started considering all of creation and salvation and eternity to come? He wants us to become like him. And so it delights his heart when we are generous.